0: You are listening to Legally Binding, a podcast brought to you by Jackson Corporate Law that is all about providing the business community with useful and practical legal tips and advice for growing and sustaining business ventures. For more information, please feel free to visit our website at www.jacksoncorporatelaw.com. We hope you enjoy. There is... something to be said for making sure that when you are entering into different business transactions that you actually know everything about the, um, the other person as it relates to that transaction that you need to know. Now what do I mean by this? I mean that there are certain times where you enter into contracts with somebody, where you enter into transactions with a uh, separate party, whether that's an individual or another business where they may already be under another contract that restricts the way in which they can perform under your contract. That is something that's very, very important to know. This uh, this comes about in a couple of different ways. One of the main ways that individuals uh, run into this and they may not even know it is something called restrictive covenants. So a restrictive covenant is when you work for a business, that business has you sign either a non-compete, um, a non-solicitation or um, uh, some other clause that prohibits you from taking certain actions based on, uh, well, based on a, a geographic scope and a time uh, after you leave the business. So non-compete, I, I'm pretty sure everybody's familiar with this. It just states that you are not going to um, start up a business or join another company within a certain mile range of the of the, your current employer or the, the business that you are consulting for. This, these are important restrictions because it helps the person hiring you to protect not only their proprietary information but their consumer base because if you have access to that information, it makes it a little bit easier to target those individuals. Now, if you are on the other, if you're hiring somebody that is already under a non-compete, you may be putting yourself in a position of potential liability without even knowing it, and in, cer- in certain contracts that have non-compete clauses, there there may be there may be language that states that if if uh, person A who's under a non-compete um, breaches that non-compete and goes to work for company B, then company B will have to pay the, the first company, so we'll call it company A. Um, 75 or 70 percent or you know 30 percent of that of what that person's first year's salary will be that's what's called liquidated damages so there's there are automatic penalties that accrue based on a breach of this contract so when you're hiring you need to make sure that w- when you're going through the interview questions or the uh, the hiring questions the onboarding questions that you know whether or not this individual is bound by any restrictive covenants that's going to restrict how they can work with you Um, there's also something called a non-solicitation so that's typically that you can't um, induce that company's um, employees to jump ship and go and work with you Um, but sometimes that also is very very specific to um, client list consumer base so let's say that you hire on somebody and you want them to work on a very specific account so if you don't know that they've already worked with that particular company or that company was already a um, a customer of that that your new employees past business And because of that, they're restricted from having any sort of engagement that may limit the way that you are able to do business without, again, without being pulled into a situation that you didn't want to be in in the first place. So that's number one, hiring. Make sure that there are no restrictive covenants on the people that you are hiring. The second is when you are either investing or you are um, purchasing a business. So uh, in the investing space, Um, if you are not buying, if you're investing in a business, but you're not buying or engaging in that investment directly with the business, then you need to make sure that whoever is selling you the securities that you're purchasing um, has the authority and the consent of the business whose securities it is in order to sell. So uh, at our firm, uh, we ran into a situation where, um uh, We were working with a group of investors that had all put in a couple hundred thousand to invest in a company. Uh, they purchased their um, they purchased their portion of shares from a group that had already invested in another business. Now fast forward um, long story short, that business that they that company that they purchased the shares from. Uh, um, we went through the documents, and it turned out that that company never had the authority to sell those shares. So now, what do we have to do? We have to go, and we have to pursue a securities fraud claim, and we have to um, we have to fight to get that money back because that investment is not valid. So, um, so when we went through, found out that that clause was there. So that means that the, that group of investors, uh, they don't have clear title to those securities securities so that contract is invalid um so they spent a couple hundred thousand dollars got nothing in return in essence so when you're investing uh make sure that the the person has the authority to um to sell whatever they're selling to you and that's the same thing for selling a business um if you are uh if you're selling if you're looking or sorry when you're buying a business so if you're looking to purchase a business whether it's assets or the actual stock of the business you need to understand what the debt or what the uh what any other security on the business or on the assets of those business of that business is uh when you are purchasing assets and let's say somebody has a loan from a bank Um, Anytime the bank loans to a business they take a security interest typically that security interest is in all of the assets of the company If it's a service-based company, it's in the revenue generated by the by the client accounts if you're if you have property um, Or or any other um, things of value. So whether that's a building whether that's uh, other equipment um, The security interest is often taken in that so when you're entering or when you're going through the transaction and you're going, you're looking to buy the assets, so let's say that you're trying to buy the customer accounts, the client accounts. if there's a lien on that business and on that client account, the bank has the first priority, and the bank often restricts that that company from engaging in any sale that would uh, that would seem or, or uh, be deemed a liquidation or any other um, Uh, selling off of a material or majority of their uh, material aspects or majority piece of their company. So uh, what that means is that you have to get consent from the bank in order for that sale to be valid and to actually um, go to close and for you to have clear title in the client accounts that you just purchased. That's the same thing with equipment. Um, That's the same thing if you're purchasing stock. Sometimes individuals pledge stock um, or put up stock as collateral for loans or um, they pledge stock as a promise to uh, engage in some act down the future or somebody else may have an options agreement in order to purchase that stock. So just making sure that there, there are no, what's called encumbrances. So the, you may, you have to make sure that the stock, the assets are not encumbered, there are no liens, um, essentially just that they're not used being used as collateral in any other deal. Um, And that the person who is selling the assets of the stock has clear title and the right to purchase it. Or if they don't, that they've received all of the all of the consents needed in order to um, in order to consummate that deal. Once again, this has been Legally Binding brought to you by Jackson Corporate Law. For more information, visit our website, www.jacksoncorporatelaw.com. And of course, don't forget to follow us on all forms of social media and subscribe to our podcast so that you can receive updates on each newly released episode. Until next time, we wish you continued success in life and in business.